a broad remit, no firm plans, four months in thinking, why did I do this? Why did I give up that really good job? Hello, welcome back, or if this is your first time joining us, well, I'm delighted you found us. Now, from time to time, we hear about the idea that insurance brokers, like intermediaries in many industries, have no future in insurance, and capital is going to go directly to the client. Well, we've certainly seen examples of that in retail insurance. Direct Line was founded in the UK in 1985, and the rise of the aggregators happened a decade later and of course some of the largest European reinsurers have been working directly with their insurance clients for decades, maybe even centuries. But when it comes to complicated insurance covers, brokers are likely to have a vital role to play for many years to come. Although of course every one of them today knows that their business model needs to shift from purely transactional role to providing advice to increasingly offering analytics and data. This week, I'm talking to Barnaby Rugprice, CEO of Hyperion X. Barnaby pivoted from a successful career as a broker himself into leading the technology division of the fast-growing Hyperion Group, one of the four units and the only one that's not focusing directly on underwriting or broking. You can find out how and why Barnaby changed roles during our discussion. It was a great opportunity to learn how a leading broker is shifting, or should I say expanding, it's offering very much with its customers' needs in mind. As always, there's a lot in here, but if you, like Richard, one of our regular listeners, are in the habit of taking me and my guests out with you on your run, then I've got some good news. You no longer need to stop and jot down the great insights I uncover. We're also writing these up as interviews, so you can use those instead or just share them to others that may find them of interest. Now, let's hear from Barnaby. Barnaby, great to have you joining us for the uh, for the podcast. Now, you are CEO of Hyperion X. You were set up at the start of 2019, I think, as one of the forearms of Howden, the group with a focus on delivering technology, products, and market platforms. You've also in the group, you've got Jewel, Howden, and RKH. We'll come back and talk a little bit about those in a minute. But, you know, thanks very much for carving out some time. I know you've got a lot going on just now. My pleasure. Can you just talk a little bit about how does... Hyperion X fit into the overall business structure? It's not a standard insurance business, put it that way. So it was important that when we thought about Hyperion X and, it, and its role in the digital transformation of the group, that the business had its own identity, but also separation from the business where it needed it, in the sense that we can, in Hyperion X, we can hold all of the group's data uh, and do that in a way that doesn't compromise any single part of the group. So we we have access to all of that data, but make sure that you know the underwriting business doesn't have access to the broker's business, or or the broking business has access to the underwriting business. But it was also important in terms of how we positioned ourselves for talent. So talent that wants to come and join a data and analytics business, maybe more freely available to join that business than it might be to join a, a insurance broker or or, a, or an underwriting business. Ultimately, what we want to do is to use that talent to transform that broking business and that underwriting business, but actually it's a standalone business, I should say. Uh, that's an important piece of positioning. But we are a group company, and our job is to transform the group. So, you know, 95% of our work is focused on what we're doing with Howden, what we're doing with RKH, and what we're doing with Jewel, whether it's, whether it's helping them 
uh, run a better data management process, whether that's helping them look at in-depth analysis of their business, whether that's helping them with digital solutions. So as I look at what you're doing at Hyperion X, it seems to me your hide and gender is a little bit like the, the challenger banks and that you've come in, you've got a sort of reasonably fresh approach growth to sort of support some of the investment is that a sort of fair way of thinking about it in terms of how you're you're sort of using technology and data to challenge some of the other brokers out there i think so i think it's it that goes across the the whole of our business you know with with some of the mergers that have either taken place or are going on at the moment there's an opportunity for a a distribution business that, that does it differently so that should be everything that we do in the broking business and in the underwriting business but also in hyperinx so we should be using data our approach to data technology and an early and an avid adopter of those to, to separate ourselves out from our competition and to be different so definitely we see ourselves as the as the challenger business and also i guess i mean just with those three different business units you've got with on one hand the opportunity but also the challenge of three fairly different approaches to broking with the wholesale business the mga business and the the commercial business in there is, is there any sort of thing specifically in each of those areas that's you sort of see where there's sort of significant opportunities coming up in, in what you're doing at Hyperion X. I think there are opportunities in, in all of those, but of course it's the ability to to have a view across the whole distribution chain and to put that together in a in a coherent sort of ecosystem, if you like, that is unique about Hyperion X. So we we understand what a retail broker needs, we understand what a wholesale broker needs, uh, and we understand what an underwriting business needs. And of course, taking lessons from one to the other and doing that quickly, easily and efficiently and understanding where technology can make a difference. That's why us being a, a separate business, if you like, rather than embedded in, in each and or one of those gives us a unique perspective. I think you've managed to balance both bringing some really strong individuals from the market, but also balancing that with some people from completely outside of insurance. So you've got David Flandro who is very well known for his, his market analysis, probably one of the leaders in that field. But then also you've got Miguel Baptiste from Merck as your, as your chief digital officer. How's, how's that working, sort of bringing people in from the outside you know, and adding those to people that know the market well? Very well. We've sought and been lucky enough to find a, a group of very inquisitive people. So, you know, David's naturally an inquisitive and, and, and very bright individual who understands the reinsurance and, and capital side of the industry, you know, that's where he's incredibly strong and in his analysis he can bring to that. You know, Miguel brings a completely different perspective, ran, you know, data across $40 billion pharmaceutical company. So not, whilst the terminology is different, there's no challenge, I don't believe, that we could give him that he would be particularly daunted by, as well as, you know, myself, a, a, a 25-year London broker, Paul Hillier, who, who runs our um, XJP, who's, who's been with us for 14 years, is a designer by background. So we've got all of those people in, in, in one space, Toby Pollard, Toby joined us from, from JLT. So we're mixing all of those things together. So it was absolutely core of insurance, design, technology, data, all facing you know, the challenges that the, the markets bring. We're not a, a, a group of, either dare I say it's sort of hackneyed insiders solving what we think the problems are, or a group of outsiders who are trying to who are trying to solve problems for an industry they don't really understand. We're a, we're a group of people inside the industry and outside the industry trying to to bring a really critical lens to the things that we do and really asking ourselves, you know, what do we need and also what do we not need, but also constantly keeping in, in our front of our minds 
uh, what do our clients need? And those clients can be almost anybody across the distribution chain, but especially obviously from the buyer's perspective. Yeah, that's interesting. So on the, so on the client side, I mean, do you sort of do specific engagements with them to help figure out the kind of problems they've got? And I guess it's a related question is what's the balance between helping them with sort of traditional types of insurance versus finding or helping create new products for emerging classes of risk that currently you know, people don't know how to or aren't comfortable structuring or, or placing deals around? Because that's presumably you know, one of the big opportunities for you if you can open up those markets. If we, we start with the data that we, that we have and then we move in two directions, you know, and, and all companies have, you know, financial data, right? That's the stuff they've kind of been, you know, they've all been running their PL, so they understand that bit. So as we move from there, we move in, in one direction for risk level data from an underwriting standpoint, and obviously that's going to inform our broking process going forward. But eventually we want to get beyond that in terms of talking to our buyers and, and, and how do we help them? What, what data do they need in the, you know, particularly in the large complex space, but also using that data to inform products that we build in the SME space, you know, which is where less advocacy, more around, you know, efficiency, customer experience, all, all those sorts of things. On the product side, we have a product innovation group, but actually that's led by the business. You know, those are, they are the people who are interacting with our customers, talking about climate change, talking about pandemic, talking about different areas of risk that they see. So uh, Charlie Langdale, who runs that for us, we clearly sit as part of that group, you know, bringing, you know, David's expertise to bear in, in terms of the analysis and any data that we can bring to bear on that piece. But our, our focus is around the use of technology uh, and data to transform the way in which we we work and the way in which we present to our customers. We'd more be in a support role as far as the innovation piece is concerned, because actually we're very fortunate to have people who've been doing that for a long time and are very good at that, who sit within our business. And of course, as I said, that they are the people who are literally talking to our customers on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I can see it makes a lot of sense. So they're, they're looking for opportunities and then they can tap into your resources to be able to figure out how to deliver on that. I guess just sort of in a similar theme, just talking about the actual brokers themselves. I mean, clearly the last few months, everyone's been forced to go digital in terms of, of doing the business. And I see that you've had a very significant increase in trade through your broker portals. I mean, are we now going to see people just recognizing that even though it can be a little bit painful at times to get data into some of the systems, not, not suggesting your one, but some of the other ones that are out there. But do you, do you, think, do you think people are now going to start just recognizing that the, the medium-term benefits are worth it or, or are we going to sort of slip back into the old ways of doing things with PDFs? Inevitably, there's going to be a temptation to slip back. That's just human nature, right? But if we haven't learned from COVID, you know, the art of the possible, even if it's our ability to work, um, flexibly and we were able to convince certainly the London market in 24 hours that we can do it was something that probably would have taken us three years to achieve so I would be very disappointed if that was where the market ended up but clearly the process doesn't it doesn't have to be painful you know all, all the data that goes into a transaction it, it all gets entered somewhere right but the, the problem with it is is that 90% of it just gets lost the way I think about it is to talk to our colleagues and say look we've we're entering this data anyway, whether it's in the system, whether it's in our system, whether it's in PPR, whether it's on, on the slip, you know, um, all of the things, the limits, the values, they're all put in at some point. So 
our task, of course, is to make is to give them an experience that's better than the one that they've currently got. Because you know, if I put it being blunt about it, we we couldn't do an awful lot worse. So it, it really shouldn't be beyond the realms of our possibility to create a process that was more pleasurable, faster, and cheaper. But of course, it's complicated. I think that word more pleasurable, you 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 sort of nailed the problem because I think what's happened is we've all got uh, seduced by the sort of the ease of using an iPhone or you know Netflix or something, which have got you know, millions of users. And then they, so when people see commercial technology, or you know, PPL might be one example. There's just a sort of resistance. I think we all suffer from it, a resistance to just take the effort to kind of learn. And it's it's only when you get forced to do it, like the last few months, it happens. And and I think hopefully that gets us over the bump. And now people will just say, okay, now sort of figured it out or I recognize I need to figure it out and get there in the end. So, I mean, I'm certainly I'm an optimist about it. I think, as you're right, the data is there. And once you recognize it, sort of, it, you've got to capture it. And it sort of comes from the top as well. It's difficult to imagine, you know, talking about lawyers, is it, it's difficult for me to imagine that it would, it would come back as it currently is, but, but maybe I'm naive. <laughs> well, I think there's also this interesting thing, isn't there, about the, you can't totally go remote and digital. No, I think that's absolutely right. You, we shouldn't do away with the things that are, are vital and, and good. We should do away the things that are, that are un, unnecessary, you know, unpleasant, so as I said a minute ago, and time-consuming. Yeah, because it's that combination of, sort of person and technology that where it gets you gets really, really powerful mm. and, and instead of figuring that piece out. There's been a lot of news recently about companies, the managing agents and Lloyd syndicates, just increasing their access to capital, a few people coming back into the market, doing fundraisers, uh, which is that, I think on the back of just the increasing rates. But do you, do you think that's potentially a distraction from doing new things if there's money to be made on you putting down larger lines and generating more income from the established business or, or does it not get in the way of the new? Good question. I, I don't think it gets in the way of the new because even the money that, that's coming in now is going to be more attracted to a shorter, cheaper, faster route to customers, right? So I think if you can if you can position yourself whereby you can add a couple of points to the return because you figured out a better mousetrap, then you should be using that to your advantage to secure, if not advantageous terms, you know, something else from that process. If you're able to then secure capacity faster on behalf of your clients and that puts you ahead of your competition or our competition on the broking side, if you like, that's an advantage to us. Um, and I would assume that capital, well, not even assume, you know, that capital coming into the market, if you can provide them with a, a more efficient process and a deeper understanding because you're giving them the data, then I would suggest you put yourself at the front of the queue. It may keep some of the lag guards in the game for a bit longer, but I, I don't think it changes the fundamentals. No, well, I mean, also hopefully they, they're starting from scratch. There's an opportunity to get the right technology in place right from the beginning you know it's rather, it reminds me of the Bermuda reinsurers back 10-15 years ago after the major catastrophic events you know, just, just, and actually you know, very, to me it's an example of how fast the market can move when it needs to I mean, it sort of plays against that criticism of market moving slowly it demonstrates that when there's a real opportunity right. people can jump on it uh, so but I just want to talk a little bit about on on the investment side and, and who you partner with so one of the companies you, you invest through Hyperion X is Azure who, who we know you know pretty well can you just talk a bit about what the, the sort of background was to that and what, and what the involvement is? Graham used to work for, for at RKH, uh, ran Aqua, the um, small MGA that RKH had, and so kept in touch. 
and as I sort of described to Graham, he, you know, he, he, he's, he's certain, certainly some of the frustrations that he uh, that he took with him, the lessons he was able to learn, he'd learned, you know, when he was with us. So we we just we stayed close, and you know, high net worth is a space that that you know we as a broker have been in for for some considerable period of time, and as that platform evolved, it just felt like a natural place for us to 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 dip our toe in in that space. We liked and trusted Graham. We got to know you know Charlie, and we and so we were able to take a, a small position you know to help help what looked like to, to be a promising business. Uh, and in fairness, you know, equally to to be able to give you know from where I was sitting, you know, having known Graham for some time and and my role in Hyperion X, be able to give uh, if you like a sort of a, a broker's perspective on some of the things that they were they were up to, and and uh, it's worked really well. I think they both have, Charlie and Graham, a very refreshing way of looking at it. And I I I use them quite a lot in an example about, I'm sure you'd be pleased to hear why the talk about broker disintermediation, it maybe works if you're on the the pure retail side and you've got very simple transactions. But, you know, know, they're a big fan of the brokers for their high net worth and the more complicated business and and sort of structure the business around how to help the brokers make the right decisions. I think that's a, particularly for London, it's a sort of important element to keep into into the mix. That's really helpful. I just want to sort of maybe come back to the beginning a bit and just talk about how you got involved in this. As you said, you were a broker by background. What was it that sort of took you over to the other side of the the equation or the other side of the floor to, to lead at the technology side of the business? It was really as a result of probably 12 to 18 months of sort of agitating at a group executive level. So, I, you know, I was the CEO of ArcH. You know, a significant part of the business and then very lucky to, to have that job, but was aware that this digital transformation process was, was, was going on in other financial services and it would be bizarre to assume anything other than, than we were subject to the same forces that had been exerted elsewhere and questioning, partly questioning what we were going to do about it and partly suggesting some things that we could do about it. Uh, David got bored of me asking the question on a plane. I think it was somewhere flying across America asked me if I'd uh, take on the role, uh, which I have to say I didn't really hesitate on taking. And the reason for that is because, you know, it, this is going to happen. You know, and there are going to be winners and losers in this in this process. And if we want to be a, a legacy company and, and be around for another 25 years, then this is something that we need to be not just successful at, but we need to be a, a, a winner in, the, in this process. So it was really that and a, and a deep desire to see it be if you like, led by the business. So whilst I'm no longer, I mean, I'm, I'm chairman of, of the Howden Breaking Group, but I don't have a, you know, an executive role within the business, I'm still very close to the business. You know, my role, if anything, is about product selection, which are the right products for us to be choosing as we start and as we build out, which the te- right teams for us to be working with within the business for us to, as we build out. So it was, it's back to this thing about this not being a science experiment, this being led by a combination of insurance and technology and, you know, hopefully I've got enough credibility of my colleague to be able to know where the right things for us to be looking at and the right points for us to engage. And, of course, inevitably, when things get stuck, be able to know to go and talk to you to give them a shove. Yeah, I think it's a great lesson. Two good lessons there for anybody. One is if you, if you complain about something and particularly if you've got an alternative way of doing it, watch out because you might, might be asked to solve it. And the second one is <laughs> if, you're, if you're on a plane, particularly, I think this is quite a long plane journey, wasn't it? If you're on a plane sat next to your CEO, your career is going to change 
one way or the other after the after that journey so again, be careful <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it sounds like for you it's been um what is it 18 months now since um you kicked hyperion yeah it's 18 months and, yeah. and yeah we and i you know it's it, you know it really has been the journey you know uh, you know and i don't mind saying this four to five months in you know as we literally crossed over the line myself miguel had agreed to join us at that point on our you know again for him stepping completely out of it. he's been a 20 year veteran at, at uh, Merck to come to a company group of people you know outside of myself and David and a couple of others he'd never met before we had a few other, we had a number of people on the sort of on the design and on, on the technology side but really nowhere near the number we've got here a broad remit no firm plans four months in thinking why did I do this why did I give up that really good job and then you know towards the end of the year clearly emerged with the things that we wanted to do a clear idea in our mind and now, dare I say, 18 months on with real confidence that we can then take on not just PSCs, but bigger transformational projects to look at the really big subjects that sit at the heart of, of transformation and, and the inefficiencies, dare I say, to the, of the insurance industry. You know, still, still going fast enough to feel pretty uncomfortable, but, but have confidence that we feel we're heading in the right direction. We'll make lots of mistakes. But our hearts in the right place, and our, and our and I think we're building a pool of talent and, a, and, a, and an organisation that can deliver. That's great. It's like riding a bicycle, isn't it? You you got to keep pedalling, or you uh, or you fall over. And, uh, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know where you're going. Uh, and so, what any any hints of what's coming up next? Sounds like you've got some some projects in the pipeline there that are going to scale. Anything you can share with us? In broad terms, is 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 really building out our digital market strategy. You know, whether you're in the wholesale space or retail space or the insurance space, and you know, the underwriting space, I mean, that's obviously different, but it's not that different. So, you know, if we can really start to scale that. We can take advantage of, you know, partners on the side, whether it's key and or others, the technologies like PPL. So really be able to integrate with, if not all of those, you know, a, a good, a, a, you know, what, what we think are the core components of that. And then, of course, ultimately deliver that better experience to our clients. So what does the digital broker of the future look like? He or she needs to be placing that insurance into, into a digital marketplace. Do they you know, evolve the way in which they communicate and provide advice to their clients? Yes, they do. So it's really scaling that out and, and we've built a core of that. And then as I say, taking that into the retail space, taking it into the wholesale space uh, and taking that into the underwriting space. And when I say underwriting, that, that means dual, but of course it means you know, the, 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 the vast majority of the, you know, the capital providers and underwriters around the market. We started with talking about customers and, and uh, we wrapped up talking about customers, which seems like a, a, good, a good place to be. Well, but I mean, that was, it was really helpful. Thank you for that. And again, thank you for your support for Instead London. We really, really value you and your team and, and uh, sharing some ideas about things. So uh, I'll let you get, get back to your day and hopefully we can you know, catch up face to face at some point in the not too distant future. I hope so. Thanks very much. Well, what, I wonder, will the future of business travel look like now that we've learned how to survive without spending so much time on aeroplanes? If you've not already discovered what we're doing at Instec London, then I recommend having a look at the website, www.instec.london. Today, over half our listeners and 25% of our members are from outside of the UK. And although we're based in London, we're traveling virtually all over the world these days. So if you're an insurer or a broker and want to tap into our knowledge about the good and the great in technology, data, and analytics or if you yourself are developing something in those areas that you want the world to know about then please do get in touch at hello at instec.london or track me down on linkedin matthew grant many more great guests coming up soon